Hello, gaming humans, and welcome to our very first episode of Go Game Together, our monthly podcast where we talk about playing fun stuff with friends. I'm your co-host, Matt Cooper, joined by my adventure buddy, Lauren Perigini. So I don't know if we should call them gaming humans. I have this suspicion that there might be a lot of people who aren't gamers watching this. Oh, I thought and it was the humans part that you had the problem no, with. No, no, mostly the gaming part because I feel like at first, you know, just anyone in our family and friends might come watch us that don't. Yes, all two of them. Yeah. So, I mean, if this becomes really popular, people might come back and listen to like the first episode. People. Yeah, they might come back and like listen to the first episode. But I think for now, it's really just going to be like <laughs> our moms <laughs> listening yes, just to moms. this. And if there's anyone who's oh, not so we, okay. a gamer. So you're um, saying for episode two, just say, welcome mom. Yeah, welcome, like, mom. That's it. So, if there's anyone who's not a gamer out there <coughs> um, listening, this is your test. So, like, if you let me know that you oh, are listening, yeah, yeah. I'll like bake you brownies or something. Okay, if they can confirm that they're not a gamer but they are yeah, listening. Yeah, if you send this code a two seven five three. You have a code. Yeah. Are you gonna remember that? No, we'll go what back and they- listen to the podcast. <laughs> All right, so just so that this doesn't get completely derailed, since this is the first episode, I feel like I should lay out the game plan. Um, this is a podcast about playing cooperative games together. Is that still okay, or did you decide it's something else also? I mean, multi, any multiplayer-type game, but mostly co-op, I okay, guess. Okay, so not playing with yourself, and that's as non-PG as we'll go? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, in our first segment, um, we're going to talk about our experience playing a current co-op game um, and hopefully give you a better idea if it's worth your time. In the second segment, and we're planning on doing this monthly, but um, <laughs> uh, we're going to take a trip back in time to a must-play co-op game that maybe you missed um, or something that we're just being nostalgic about. And in the final segment, we're going to do it like a rotating segment from month to month. So sometimes we'll be discussing an upcoming co-op game. Other times we might focus on some single-player game that we're playing currently that we wish had co-op, um, and other weeks we might just throw a curveball and talk about something completely different, uh, like a real-life analog play-it-at-a-table game that you would play with your friend. Um, the whole reason that we're doing the podcast is because our friends and family are always asking us for game recommendations, so we got tired of repeating ourselves. Um, yeah, maybe we should say what we're going to talk about so today we're gonna we're gonna go through journey of the sat the savage planet Two journey to the savage planet she <laughs> told me i was gonna be doing this the whole time too. <laughs> he's gonna correct me um journey to the savage planet hey i just play the games they're yeah. fun i just put, um, set up everything for you while you're making snacks I guess. yeah yeah um the second segment is supposed to be a secret surprise i don't know what it is <laughs> and then um the cer- third segment um, is going to be a board game, actually, so we can show you that we're spreading out this podcast not just for video games, but it's a board game called Code Names that we've played a lot. So if you guys hate video games, you can just skip to that part. I have no idea when that's going to be, though, <laughs> but you just keep skipping. All right, so Journey to the Savage Planet is a first-person action-adventure, like, exploration-type game. Um, we had played... And on our PS4. What kind of stuff did it remind you of when you were playing it? Um, so it kind of reminded me of Portal in a weird way. Like the feel of it was very um, 
Like, there were certain things like the writing on the walls type thing in Portal that was very... And it's not even meta, but it's just like... Not obvious dark humor. Yeah, there was a lot of like weird commercials that were basically this guy, <laughs> this the actor who did these commercials. Um, they had a lot of things that were not really that game related, but someone must have had a lot of fun scripting these commercials. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of Lost, but like in a funny way, like the Marvin Candle videos. And um, it did remind me also of the Rick and Morty episodes where they just do the commercials, like the, the entire intergalactic episode. cable or yeah. interdimensional cable. And that they're just like skipping to different things. I think this is going to be part of the strength of this too, if anybody actually does listen to this, is that even a question like that, you and I are so completely different, even though we love playing games together. Because when I ask that question, I'm thinking about gameplay. You immediately think about story and the world and the environment. Yeah. So to me, I thought, I actually agree with Portal because it's a first person kind of fast paced puzzly. There's a lot of platforming. Yeah. So like, even though it's first person. And for me, the big influence it reminded me of was Metroid Prime, but I know you didn't play that. So that's why, yeah, it was very heavily Metroid Prime influenced for sure. Other than the fact that it doesn't feel dark, like the vibe isn't dark, but the gameplay, definitely the grapple hook stuff, the like, you know, the quick strafing, like all that kind of, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's (laughs) fine. Um, It also, it was very colorful for me. And, I tear up a lot during games that not for like not, <laughs> it not was so sad. Not because it was so emotional. Kicking those puffer birds, man. Yeah. Just hit um me. just because I'm staring at the screen so much, I think, and I had to put on my, my gunner glasses, no yeah, it is no ads during this, but um it helped me a little bit. Um but it's like very it's not even fast paced, like usually when I play um Super Smash Brothers, like, my eyes are glued to the screen. You're not blinking. Yeah, I'm not blinking. But I think that something about the colors, um, I was staring at it so much that it was making me tear up. And after a while, even though I still kind of wanted to play, like, I couldn't play just because of the way Mm. I was looking at the screen, I think. Yeah, it's Um, very, like, pastel-y and very, like, squishy. Like, everything explodes into, like, little bits of stuff. So it feels very, like, um, yeah, like, very over-the-top and... Cartoony is not the right word. It's almost almost like claymation-y vibes. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and I liked this co-op game probably specifically because even though I play a lot of games, you're you're much better at games than I am. And I felt like I could just like tag along in this world where you were more comfortable with the 3D platforming than I was. But I kind of was tagging along with you in this journey and I was still in the same world as you and I could still do a lot of the quests um, with you, especially like we had these like science quests where we had to explore the planet, but we weren't really tethered to each other at all. Um, We had to do some teleportation into like different areas, but the area that we were in together was pretty big. Yeah, I think Um, there's only like three, four separate zones in the entire game. So yeah, so you're playing for hours in the same zone and you can go wherever you want within that zone. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty open. I didn't like that we would get separated and I couldn't teleport to you. I think I'm used to that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not used to that in... In other games, you could do that. You could teleport mm. right, or you get forced to if you get too far away. Yeah. And then this, it's like the further you get, it doesn't it doesn't really kick in at any point. Right, yeah. but you know 
when we did the teleportation, like you knew if you were in going to a certain zone that you were going to get teleported. Yeah. It wasn't like a last minute, hey, you're not close enough to that player type right. thing. And within the zones, there are teleporters too. So there's like four zones. And then within each zone, there's maybe like five or six different teleporters within those. And those you can use to get to each other quicker too if you needed to. But it doesn't force you to switch. So you can go back to like the ship, buy upgrades, and it never forces the other player to come with you, which is kind of nice. It means you can sort of like divide and conquer. Like I'm going right. to hit these three missions while you're doing those three and you never really get in each other's way um, which is weird to say about co-op but that happens a lot in co-op games where you kind of yeah. like you know you get in each other's way and I was like a scan crazy person <laughs> which you weren't but they still so, counted for my codex thing too, yeah nice so they have a feature in the game where you have to scan all the creatures on this planet it's and exactly all the, like the plants yeah. and stuff so I was kind of obsessed with making sure we scanned everything we went to new areas and I would yell at you like you're not scanning <laughs> and there's a new creature and, and you were afraid i was gonna kill it too fast yeah and then we wouldn't have access to it <laughs> mindlessly um, kill everything on the board like like a pokedex type thing but you're actually scanning so overall though did you like it like just so that so if somebody's listening yeah. to this and going like okay but do, am i buying this game or am i not buying this game like because it's not a full price game either and it's relatively new but did you like it um, yeah i think it's like 30 dollars I'm going to um. unplug your blanket and plug it back. She has a heated blanket on because she's perpetually <laughs> freezing, but I can see from here that the display is telling me I need to restart it. No, I think you, you could just press press a button. Um, yeah, I really thought this was a great co-op game, especially if your level of gaming is not exactly even. Um, a lot of times when we play games, I feel like... I mean, I'm not that bad of a gamer. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not, but you're really good. And I play a lot of different types of games. Like I'm not like one of these people that just plays first-person shooters or just plays Battle Royale or something, right? Right. And I feel like the exploratory stuff that I had talked about before, um, having to not be tethered to each other, I wasn't really holding you back. Yeah, you could get like you could go at a jumping puzzle for four or five minutes and then be like, F this thing, I don't want to do this anymore right. and I could just take it I was I oh I'll get to it in fifteen minutes. I'll just do that thing. You right. take this other thing instead. And the divide and conquer of yeah. the quest log was pretty good because I didn't have to do as many things as I thought. Like you were just helping me. And I, I think it's good now to mention too that um, it is a game where one player has to host it. So if uh, we hosted it on on Matt's, um, mm-hmm. and then I just joined in, you're you're a meat a human yeah, meat, meat buddy, yeah, meat yeah. buddy or <laughs> yeah, meat she clone. like pops out of a machine as if they like pushed her out of like like ground yeah. beef out of like a. But you're in a spacesuit, so you don't know that they're made of meat under the spacesuit until you see the commercial, and you're like, oh, they're just like meat under. Oh, they had eyes. some of these commercials were weird. <laughs> yeah, they like play anytime you go back to the ship. In case you're wondering, like, what, wait, are there commercials while you're playing this game? Like every time you go back to your ship to deposit things, you get blasted on the TV. Like the whole game has this like corporate vibe where you're, you're the company you work for is the fourth best in space, and it's like they're like trying to get ahead, but they're clearly janky. Everything's so janky. They had some weird uh, porn with like blobs and stuff. Like it was, it was strange. <laughs> yeah, like it was like a uh, like it was a, a hotline that you're supposed to call of like you know this uh, like giant amorphous blob? blob thing. It's like stupid stuff. It was that stuff was very Rick and Morty, like for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah, like that um, vibe. But I did. I liked that um, that I didn't feel like I had to be as good as you were. Um, but there were like 
if if this limitation bothers you, um, it was hosted by the first player. So all the data is saved on yeah. the first player. As soon as you logged out, I had to log out too. I and don't, vice versa. Well, I, I yeah. could play without her, but I'd have to sign out of the game and switch to single player mode. It was a lot of uh, the way the Far Cry games are. They follow that same method but of like one person is a host. There was no missions that you couldn't Right, that I had to do by do. myself or by, yeah. Yeah. But but it was all my save file. So like when she goes, like if she logged on right now to play, her she doesn't even have a save file. Like it looks like she's not even started the game. Mm. She was still popping the trophies though, if that matters to anybody. But um, some right. But there could be some I think that you might not get. So you might like have if to there reply. was a skill based trophy where you had to like kill a certain amount of creatures. Right, you wouldn't automatically get unless you did it too. Yeah. Right? Um, it also kind of reminded me of No Man's Sky mm. with the exploratory stuff. Like when I say exploratory, it's not like um minecraft where you basically can go wherever you want you still kind of had to follow the quest which i like i i and it's not randomly generated like the world's created i don't like that in minecraft like if you're playing with a big group um and you're just kind of messing around in minecraft that's that's fun um if you have some kind of objective but this game had at least quests for you to go on you had like leveled up (laughs) Uh, different explorer levels by completing these like science experiments. Yeah. Like you had to like get a sample from a bunch of different kinds of creatures. So yeah, like, you know. and the creatures, most of them were these little guys that were very cute, and they were not hostile. Right. There were only a few creatures, and it had like a little heads up display. Uh, yeah, marker. they were like angry at you. Yeah. Yeah, and if you actually if you attacked one of the nice ones, they would. Right. Attack. They all aggro. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't really want. And to And the game definitely them. doubles down on trying to make you feel like you're a monster. Like you're you're coming to this planet where everything just seems like it's fine and it's doing its own thing and you're just mowing things down and taking, you know, sample blood samples out of things for this like corporate company. Like it's that was definitely the vibe they were going for. Is that you are kind of just like, you know, the jerk in the mm. situation. <laughs> it's just shooting everything and breaking things. And so yeah, how did you like it? Because I felt like I was not weighing you down as much as I usually do. In those uh, no, I don't games. think that that's that's the case in a lot of games we play because you are a lot better at games than I think you're giving yourself credit for, for sure. I think that though games so often expect you to either just both do the same things, so you're sort of like going through like in a lot of games, like take like a Yoshi, like the Yoshi games where you play them yeah. co-op. You're basically both doing the exact same things through the entire game. So if there is any difference at all in skill between the two players, one of them is doing all of the opposite goes quickly and the other one is at any given point struggling or trying to keep up or just like bubbling whatever the Yoshi equivalent is to that to just get to them because they can't get through the thing and I don't like that in co-op like I don't think that we should have to do the same thing you share the same screen so you literally are dragging someone through that screen and this I like that it yeah it was very um like the second player can just do whatever they want it doesn't really matter like at no point are you or they could do nothing right yeah you don't have to they could walk away for a while it doesn't matter like the game doesn't it, they, there is no physical way that they could ever be in your way at any point. And then you can kind of like do things as a team. So when you're fighting bosses, like you can get on opposite sides of the bosses and shoot them the way you would in a shooter, but it doesn't force you to do that ever. Like, I really like that. Like when it, it's, it feels very much like it's a choice how you approach it. So as far as co-op games go, I liked it a lot, even though if it hadn't had the co-op, I don't know that 
I probably would have picked it up on a cheap sale at some point and played it by myself, but if it didn't have the co-op, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have really registered as that distinctive of a game for me. I think the co-op mm-hmm. really made a big difference. We play a lot of games it. because they right, have co-op because, feature. Right. And I play a lot of games even that are single player, but I don't know that this one was good enough as a single, like it was really strong as a co-op game. I, I would highly recommend it to anybody that like, if, if you hear, you know, Metroid Prime and first person platforming and you're like, oh, that sounds like something I, I missed that or I could, I'd be into that, then definitely play this if you're if you're uncomfortable with games where you do have to like sometimes shoot things and look around quickly it could be tough but if you play with somebody that's comfortable with those mechanics then it's fine like it's not there's never really a point where you have to do anything if you get to an obstacle you can't get past it doesn't really matter like it's you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. like the player never the the co-op player never actually has to get over those obstacles and if you're introducing someone who's never played Mm -hmm. like that style of game this is definitely a good one for that yeah you could like be like okay teleport to this area and just do this one thing you know look for orange goos or or just tag enemies or just tag things and you could continue the, the first player can just continue to play the game while the other person's doing that like it doesn't you know, there's always stuff to do, and not all of it's difficult. And the difficult stuff's not a requirement. I do feel like some of the items got a little out of control. Mm. Like, there are so yeah. many of them that you had that you were, like, scrolling through the D-pad that I wish when you got into a certain area or you knew you were going to use one, you had a small, like, option to choose from because allowing the player to have all of them at one time, you were just scrolling and scrolling and yeah, scrolling. Yeah, I think, I, I should throw in there, too, that we're playing this on PS4. Like, we play most of those, those you know, co-op games and stuff on two PS4s right next to each other. And um, I could imagine that when the developers did that, they probably had it as the number bar on the oh. keyboard and didn't think really about it that much, that it is a little weird. Like, if you, like, let's say you're throwing out, like, you get, like, bait for, like, the little puffer bird characters. If you throw out bait and then you want to, for whatever reason, blow them up because you're psychopath um you have to like throw out the bait yeah (laughs) throw out the bait and now scroll through the d-pad through like seven different items to quickly try to get to the one that's the explosive and then throw that there's not like a quick you couldn't rearrange them either right so So you're kind of memorizing them and and it will skip ones that are empty so the the amount of button presses required to get from item a to item f Mm. is different every single time depending on what you have it can it is a little cumbersome but you don't often need to do it quickly you really never need to do it quickly except for like the trophy things or like weird things we were doing um, but yeah, I did find that some at some points it was glitchy, but it wasn't enough to bother me. And I don't necessarily know if that always happened or if it was just a second player thing. Like, did you have any issues where you would get stuck or? Um, oh yeah, that yeah that didn't happen to you. I, we, both the times it happened was it just today? Like it was when we were at the end? No, I had issues the other day, but. It, Sometimes it was when we were in big boss fights, so I think it might have been it's like a weird collision thing where you got yeah. caught on like a like a part of the level that was like not cleanly made. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if those same spots I would have gotten stuck in. Also, no, I never really. I had a couple times where I got semi stuck and I was able to like wiggle my way out by just spamming the jump button, like mm. you know. But I don't think that's the same as what you had because it didn't look. It looked like your controls were completely not doing anything. Yeah. But this friendly fire in this game, which you're so rarely doing the same exact things that we didn't even notice. But when she was stuck like that, I could just kill you. <laughs> so yeah. you respawn. Um, and the respawns are not. There's, it's really not that punishing. Um, you, if you die um, in completely in battle, or you fall off of a forever cliff, like all the way into nothingness, um, you will respawn at the javelin, like your ship. And then you have to go recover your stuff, like your stuff appears. So it's almost like a Dark Souls influence thing where you have to go back and get your stuff. But it's never difficult to get to. It's always, and it points you do, right, exactly directly where. to it. And it's like always within throwing distance of the teleporter that you came from, so like that you were closest to. So it's always just kind of like a pop there and get it real quick. 
Um, because yeah, you do have to go back to the javelin, like the, sh- the javelin's the name of your ship, to drop off your um, your like a loot basically in order to do your upgrades and stuff. So if you had anything on you, it stays in the backpack when you're down. I do feel like if we went, so you you have a lot of things you like level up in the game. One of the things is the jump, um, and I do feel like if we went back and started at the beginning and we weren't used to not having all the extra that, jumps, that, that's a Metroid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have a hard time with that when you go back. You and, would be yeah. really right. struggling with that. Yeah, it becomes a crutch, and you're so used yeah. to it. Yeah, and the thing we got at the end, you had no fall damage, so yeah. we'd be. Yeah, it was. It was. But I, I really enjoyed it. I mm. feel like I I never played a game that was exactly like that. Um, like you said, Metroid. And and even those, the vibe of those games is totally different, though, in yeah. Metroid Prime. The, this game was very bright and, and kind of silly. Right. Yeah, definitely silly over the top, especially mm. when you went back to your javelin. Yeah, and your um, ship AI talks to you, like, through the whole game, and she's very, like— Silly. Like Gladys type right. thing. Yeah, that's a combination between Gladys and like something you get in like Outer Worlds or like uh, even like the Fallout games or something like that, where it's just like mm-hmm. oh, like just ridiculous, you know. Like yeah. we don't we don't really care if you jump down into this pit of death. Like we'll just pre reprint you as many times as you can. Like there was one spot where there's this huge hole you have to jump down, and she recommends to you that you just keep jumping into it and dying over and over again, so that you can just create a slide out of all of your dead corpses <laughs> as they just keep reprinting you. Like that kind of humor, where you're just yeah. like, <laughs> and then you know she's like, ah, oh, that'd be too expensive. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not like a serious Cortana right. type right, thing right, like yes. from Halo. Right. It was definitely more silly. And like you're just expendable and yeah. Yeah. But I like I think that's yeah. a good storytelling device. Yeah. Especially because it's like the only character you hear for a lot of that and like the CEO of the company that Crazy sends you. Guy. Yeah. He sends you like videos throughout to like check on your progress. So for a lot of the gameplay, you're not there's no like NPCs in the world that you're interacting with or anything like that. So it's you know. It had some good little touches too. Like they had in the in the ship they had the um like job board or mm. like postcards of where you've been yeah. some guys looking for people and he has those little like pieces of paper cut with his phone number yeah um so i feel like it was a good touch um it definitely had a, a great world like as soon as you join um just getting those messages you know the kind of game you're playing mm. story-wise um and, and it was like maybe 20 hours for us to start to finish, so maybe even a little bit more. We did most of the side stuff you could do. Yeah, there were a lot of like things that if you – like I'm a completionist usually in games. I want to get stuff as I go along, but I feel like there were some things that we missed along the way. And when we were trying to complete that part at least, like collecting mm-hmm. all the goo and right. things like that that we had missed, um, it, that part wasn't fun to me. It felt like we were looking for loot. Like, right, and you because your radar will ping like you you upgrade the radar throughout, and it'll ping like how far away it is and what direction it's in, and you get into situations you're like this thing is inside this wall forty meters away, and you don't know how to get to it, and it's not because like it's broken or anything, it's because like you know you need to find like an underground tunnel that leads you, and it, and that sort of exploration can be fun, but there were times where you just felt like you're like jumping off of cliffs looking for any yeah. signs of how do I get to this thing, frustrating, um, right, and it's not really worth the reward by that point because it's kind of a diminishing return at the end of the game. And the goos don't even give you health anymore. Um, so there's really no point in getting them other than completing getting all of them. So so it's cool depth for somebody that wants that completionist thing, but there's not a lot of incentive to do it. So I don't know if I'm ever going to go back and finish that Yeah, and just kind of leave them. It's fine. Like I we finished the game. So. I did feel like, um, without spoiling anything, the end um, was kind of abrupt. Yeah, definitely. But 
I think it was because the end lost that story world. Like, it didn't have the same feeling as the rest of the game. Mm. A lot of the story elements were just not there anymore. Um, it just seemed kind of abrupt because there, there were just things that were, throughout the game, the silliness, all that stuff was missing. Right. Um yeah, it's a, and it's a difficult thing to do. Like, that, like I think that's why we use Portal as an example before, too. I think that was floating around in our heads because Portal does a really good job, the first one in particular, of um, ending the game with the characters and the vibe that Gladys is creating right from the beginning of the game. In other words, like, it's like a very clean arc that happens in that game. Whereas in this game, a lot of the dialogue and a lot of what's pushing the story forward is your your ship AI and the CEO. And neither of them were particularly influential in the ending sequence. So it felt a bit like like the ending was clipped out of a different game. Yeah. Almost like that, right? Which is, I, is really hard to do. Like, I get it, you know, that they... Maybe they didn't really know how to do that, but yeah, it did create a little, it was a little bit strangely abrupt. But again, if like, if I was grading this as a single player game that you play through and it's trying to, you know, compete with um, other big AAA games, I don't know that I would have gravitated to it as much. But if you're thinking of it like, oh, this is a fun co-op game to play with a friend, the quality of the wrap up at the end is not all that important. The game was fun through, you know, start to finish. In terms of gameplay, there are. There is a gun, mm. but I wouldn't call it a shooter. It It's more like you have a pistol for random encounters because there's not that many, like, hostile enemies that you have to deal with. Um, yeah, like, I was probably shooting a lot more than you were, and some of that was not necessary, probably. It probably wasn't necessary, yeah. you know. And you had, you had the bombs. Like, you do get and things that are, like, attacking you from distances and stuff. And you're you could have just down, ignored them. Right, yeah, yeah. A lot of times you can just run, yeah. The bosses you had to deal with, but you right. also had to deal with them. And they always had, like, them. a weak spot. You know, the bosses yeah. would have clearly defined weak spots, and you're just kind of pinging them with your little, like, pea shooter. But know? the actual shooting to me felt more like when mm. you have a pistol, there's no machine gun type right, thing. Right, yeah. And there's not much, like, much in the way of auto-aim or anything like that. It's a little slidey, and you're kind of just, like, you know, shooting your yeah. little pea shooter at the weak you don't spots. Have to worry about ammo either yeah it yeah. just it you have a clip it kind of reloads after a while mm. right we yeah had it has some like, upgrade, yeah you start with like six shots in a clip or whatever and you keep upgrading it as you go through the game yeah but that's it there's just clips there's no there's no ammo stocks yeah, yeah you do have to restock your other things your equipment you know your bombs and stuff but yeah do you feel like that was a pretty good nutshell should i push us on to another well, section what do you want to read it in terms of go on this yeah, I don't know. I, 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 my system that I like using for rating is like, because I, I feel like when you get into like really numbered scores in the minutia, I feel like, I mean, this might be this is the teacher in me, but you need like a rubric and it needs to really make sense. And it becomes difficult to compare, you know, a 93 on one game with a 92 on another game seems kind of ridiculous. So if I'm going to stick, if, I, if I'm forced to rate it, I'll go with a five star system. So you got, you know, one, two, three, four, five stars. And I would say five stars means that the game is like pretty much you have to, if you play co-op games, you have to play this game. No matter what kind of games you like, this is pretty much, you know, drop what you're doing and play it kind of thing. To me, this game lands more in the three star range because I would say that if any parts of what we talked about sound intriguing to you and you would enjoy playing them with somebody, play it. So to me, that's a three out of five. It's probably not going to convince you to love an entire genre of games you never loved. And this probably isn't going to make somebody who only plays board games love video games all of a sudden. But it's a good game. You know, that's probably where I would throw it. I don't know if that's similar to how you feel. Yeah. Or if I'm too hard. I think in terms of 
in terms of just the co-op, right. not just the game itself. I mean, I guess they're intertwined, um, but I know what you mean. But yeah, if I don't want to be like rating this is what this game is, but if purely co-op um, or multiplayer, but co-op, um, I think I'd rate it like a 3.5 for close oh, so to that. Now you got you know, in between, so that's a 10 point scale if you got point fives. <laughs> Okay, I would probably rate it a four. I okay. liked playing it, I think, more than you did. Okay, um, like it was slightly higher than you were at. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call because if I'm comparing it against other things in my head, I only have a handful of co-op games that we've played that I really thought were stronger. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if, you know, our I, official go game together score is a four. <laughs> that's fine with me. Like, that's, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was a fun game. I didn't get stressed out when we were playing mm. it. The puffer birds were cute. Like, right. I didn't want to hurt them. We had those screaming guys. Yeah, most were... co-op games, I definitely have moments of, an, of a, I'm annoyed right now. Actually, for this, sure. this yeah. game also kind of reminded me of Spore, but, like, way more fun. Because of the way the guys looked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was something about the... the... Like, the games that I compared this to, besides Portal, because I just love Portal. Mm. Um, if you haven't played Portal, go... Go play yeah, it. Yeah, Portal 2's got a strong co-op. Yeah. But that, that has a good example of that, though. There were times in that Portal 2 co-op, though, where person A is solving the puzzle quicker right. than person B. And now they're just like, do I spoil it for them? Do I just start telling them what to do? Move that block there. Yeah. Put that there. And they're just mindlessly following. And it kind of ruins it. You know, right. For sure. But I think that this is one of the stronger co-op games that we've played. Yeah. I where so I didn't feel like we needed to be on the same level. Um it had a g- good story, whoever created those commercials, and the feel of that, the whole feeling mm-hmm. back of the ship and the talking to you, I feel like it was... AI. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you play this game side by side like we did, um, great touch of not having to turn off the audio because we usually have that issue. It was yeah. very synced up. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that you couldn't turn off. Like, usually, so what, what Lauren's referring to is like when there's audio sliders for like turning down dialogue and turning down music, but not turning down sound effects, which is what we typically do when the screens are side by side because the dialogue and the music don't stay synced. So by turning them down, we just hear hers and we don't hear mine. We just hear my sound effects. Um, but right, so there were no choices for that at all, which was annoying. But yeah, the game was very well synced, probably because it's, yeah. a, it's a single host. It's not like, you know, um, but I guess other games do that too like borderlands and we have to turn down the sliders right. for sure like, we, otherwise we you hear the characters talking twice and it's completely out of sync and you can't understand what they're saying the team definitely thought of co-op when they were making this right. game which i like yeah. usually it's an afterthought um it's only two people so uh, you can't have more than two people mm-hmm. playing together um you do need to have uh one person per platform. Yeah, it's um, not split screen. Yeah, no split screen. You can't do like local play, couch co-op type thing. Um, but they definitely did think of how to make this a co-op game. It wasn't an afterthought. So, yeah, yeah I think it's cl- probably closer to a four for me. Yeah, I could be convinced of going with a four. All right. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break because I really have to pee. Um, And then when we get back, we're going to travel back in time to a simpler age when the controllers were square and the thumb calluses were real. And we're back with our second segment where we take a look at a must-play co-op game. I'm springing this one on Lauren with no preparation at all, and she is clearly very stressed out about it because she can't possibly have notes on it. But I wanted the first episode to give some insight into our gaming history. 
Um, the co-op game that I want to talk about this month is an NES game, um, which makes us sound like we're like 50 years old. Um, but actually, Lauren didn't play any NES games until we were together, until like 2007, 2008. Would you like to explain why, Lauren? Why did you never play any I, NES games? I didn't have an NES. I had a Sega Genesis <laughs> around then. One of those people. I had a Game Boy Color. What did you used to play on Sega Genesis? I think this is this is uh, worth <laughs> a listen right here. Okay, They're so like, never mind. I had I Sonic 2, but actually I never realized, I mean, I was little, so I never realized that I always, I actually always played that game co-op, and I never realized that in co-op, there's only four levels. Oh, in Sonic 2. Yeah, yeah in Sonic 2. So I would just play the same levels and wonder why I was never getting new levels. I still, um, to this day, don't understand if the three buttons in Sonic 2 do different things from each other. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, but one's a jump, one's a spin-up, and then one feels like it's a different spin-up, but it's still not clear to me. As, like, a person who's... I, I'd like to think I'm quite knowledgeable about video games, yeah. and it still confuses me. Like, I, I also played... Um, I recently found out... I think it was Aladdin? Yeah, Aladdin yeah, had the Sega Genesis Aladdin. version, and the, I played the SNES um, version. I, I played Wheel of Fortune. Um, that version of but Wheel she's, of Fortune. She's holding back yeah. the, the classic. No, wait, but that top, version. The creme de la creme. Of that version of Wheel of Fortune is, I still think, one of the best versions because. It's before they had letters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could win, like, a vacation to. And they, like, printed out of yeah. the Sega Genesis. <laughs> um, but that version, if you were only playing with two people, you could actually take out the third person. Modern versions, you can't do that yeah, anymore like for some to play reason. With an AI that, yeah, that just a dumb AI. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that version was good. But the version, the the game that Matt is referring to is something called McDonald's Treasureland. Ronald, Ronald McDonald, McDonald's yeah. Treasureland Adventure. You guys got to go YouTube and, this. Um, it's I the speed runs of it on uh, SGDQ. See, for me, there was when I was younger, I really didn't think that I was that great at video games. Um, I thought it was for boys too, which. They're not for boys. Um, and I used to just think like, oh, I'm not that good. I'm not going to try. And I would just play the beginning of games over and over again. I would start them and I would play the beginning. So I'm really good at the beginning of <laughs> Ronald McDonald. And um, it's I'm not going to say it's a great game. It's a weird game. But I did. That is the game I discovered password codes in. So yeah, they didn't have save files. Yeah, those, yeah. They didn't have save files. And they didn't have the internet, so you couldn't look up a passcode, really. But um, I would sit there and try to guess what the codes were and write down when I found a code that worked. What? So I would skip to this That's middle so part. That's so weird that that would actually work. You would think there would be oh, so yeah. many permutations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I used to just... play Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. I remember that had codes for it because uh, there was no saving. Yeah. And also a game that i loved but we never owned and i don't know why was she's trying to avoid the nes co-op <laughs> but go ahead continue it's fine if they're still listening at this point they're in for the long haul we can go an hour it's fine um back when there was blockbuster still we would go rent games and um one of the games i loved was this looney tunes game where they had bowling in it and that's another one where there was an snes version of it that i've played and a sega version yeah. and they were totally different games i don't know why they used to yeah. do that but 
Um, we rented it so many times, and I would just play the bowling part. And I don't know why we just didn't buy it, but every time we went to Blockbuster, like when, that would when be when I the first one. played Monkey Ball with you, and you only played the mini games in the Monkey Ball. It was like yeah, the, yeah, because I was bad at that. Mm. That that was a, another thing where I thought girls were just bad at games, and I yeah. thought it was amazing if anyone can get past any of the levels. But shout out though to Ronald McDonald's Adventure. Um, Treasureland Adventure, the part where you're on the train and you have to jump on these ballerina bunnies. That part was just ballerina bunnies. They deserve their own speed spin-off yeah, game. It was crazy, but I did have fun with that. And I guess McDonald's got some great marketing, maybe out of this game if people even played it besides me. But you have zero loyalty, McDonald's. So, yeah. um, but the game that I'm talking Wendy's about, all the way, <laughs> the co-op game that I'm talking about that we played together and bonded quite a bit over because we didn't have that many choices at this time because we were poor. You know, this is like 2007 is when we both graduated high school, so we were getting a little old now. But um, is uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which is co-op, and it was the first game I ever played and the only game I played for a long time that was a platformer that it was two-player co-op and you're playing simultaneously like it's not like um you know donkey Kong country where you're trading off and really just one person's playing you know or even the mario games where it's one you know it wasn't until the mario brothers wii that you're playing at the same time um and yeah you play chip and dale together at the same time and i remember us playing that like this is you know you remember the great feature of that game yeah that i could pick you up and throw you across gaps if you were having trouble (laughs) or just throw you off the edge that would just carry me the entire time (laughs) and i'm like hang on i gotta put you down because i need a block right now i gotta throw this at this this robotic like a dog but yeah and and how those games are so good for bonding and like you know it's one of those games that i think it's really strong and i don't know if a lot of people know it exists and you can you can get this thing on like emulators and stuff now and play um but i i often get asked by people who are older what games can i play with my kids or getting my kids into playing video games and sometimes the simplicity of those and the fact that they're just one two buttons are much easier to get into than trying to play like halo with your kid or something who's you know two or three years old like i was playing those games when i was two or three years old and i would hate to be a two or three year old now and be unique. like let me pick up a you know you're unique but i mean that those games are still simple like imagine being two or three now and having somebody hand journey to the savage planet to you you know and you're like all right let me figure out how to twin stick look around and jump and use a grappling hook and navigate items you know so that i i thought this was a good example did you like this game or did i just force you to play it Uh, i mean (laughs) you do like platformers to some degree i do but i felt see here's the thing when i play platformers with you Mm. It's it is stressful because of like we had pace. talked about yeah the pace is different the yeah. screen thing that we're sharing the same screen and you're kind of held back by me and the carrying... oh, it's also unfair too because most of the times you played platformers with me they were games I already knew like yeah, you were coming true. into them like you know right but I feel like once something got hard for me I was just like carry me right. like I didn't want to hold you back so that carry feature was great but. There were things that I did want to try myself, and I do think that this, the fact that they even had co-op in mm-hmm. here together, like, this was a time where you had the Mario games where you were trading off Mario right. and Luigi. Yeah, that's what I had always played. Yeah. I'd never, I'd never And the fact that this was simultaneously, you can have Chip and Dale on the same screen was... I mean, I don't know if this is the first game that had that, but it's yeah, the, first it's the first game. one I played. 
I don't yeah. remember playing any games where I didn't have to take turns uh, with the ex- handful of exceptions. Like Mario Kart, the original SNES Mario Kart, I remember being like a weird, like a big deal that me and Dave would play, like at, my brother would play at like the same time together. And like that was an unusual thing. It was hard to find that for a long time. Then you get into N64 and they would pop up. But even then, a lot of the like main part of the game was single player. Or it was either that or you got like a party game like a Mario Kart or like Super Smash Brothers or something like that. Or, you know, Mario Party, something like that. But it was like very rare to have games where it's like, here's a here's a scripted narrative, you know, campaign and you're going to play at the same time together. It's like weird how unusual that was for and so long. And I feel long. like we did play some of the, um, the Mario and Luigi switch off games because mm-hmm. there's a few of them. Um, yeah, Super Mario World or something like that. Yeah. And if I didn't beat a level, I was like, well, Match is going to beat this level now. Hmm. Like, you would hand me. Right, the, yeah, which yeah. is, yeah, that never goes away. Because if I play with somebody, like, I'm not that good at platformers, like jumping platformers. So if I'm playing with somebody that that is their bread and butter, that's what they love, I'm going to have the same problem. Because I, I can play through Mario World, and by the time I get to the third or fourth world, I'm not usually beating those levels on my first shot. So, like, if you're playing with somebody else, like, for fun, they're just going to complete every time you hit a challenge at all you don't get a chance to redo it which Mm kind of sucks like it it sort of ruins it a bit all right well i didn't know you hated this game this much so i'll pick one that you like better so the the co-op game lauren really wants to talk about that we used to play into i want to say 2008 2009 it was no 2008 is probably accurate would be rainbow six vegas new vegas i don't remember which one no new vegas is fallout so it's gonna be rainbow six vegas and rainbow six slot machines yeah everywhere you just hear coins shooting out that for some reason she loves these games and like i thought they were good but we played the crap out of them because again we were poor and you know you could play them split screen so we only had one xbox um but go ahead lauren why don't you share your nostalgia trip about why those were so amazing and then i'll make you play them later and then next month she'll be like so it was really bad and i forgot how bad it was i just liked playing together i don't remember actually if that it was split screen. It was we were split playing. screen, yeah, right? On, and we were playing on a four by three, like old CRT. Yeah. I, I'm remembering that the levels were. Um, I mean, we haven't played this in so long, but I'm remembering that you selected the level. It was not like you just went through okay, like yeah. you would now. Um, like a game would be connected it's different levels. Like you're making a lobby, and then you're like, yeah. "This is the one we're going to do." Yeah. So that game. I mean, I just liked my gun. I liked shooting the slot machines and all the the coins would come out. The guys yelling ridiculous things. I hated Michael and Jung. Yeah. Um, I loved hating them, though. Yeah, I think, was it Michael and Jung was the second one, was Rainbow Six 2. The first one was Bishop. Yeah, so Michael and Jung were like, these guys were, I don't know if you played single player, if you even had a choice to get rid of them. No, I don't think so. Yeah. At least not in the first one. But you could bring them along in co-op and they were like, on my six, guys. Yeah. You could tell them what to do, but they always were in the way. Yeah. Like, no and matter. And they do the dumbest things. Like, they were just, the AI was just not yeah. strong. Yeah. So, even them. now, when we play mm. games that are shooters, <laughs> if you get extra AI guys, we call them Michael and Jung. And we're you just do, like, yeah. yeah. And you scream at them. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're not as good as Matt. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, at that time too, the the it was rough. Like the the extent of you giving them directions was like, "Oh, watch this door, breach," and like a lot of times they would completely mess it up. You they needed breach them to and breach then blow sometimes. themselves up from the breach, like st- stupid stuff like that. Yeah. You're like, all right, let me they go were just in the way. Them, you know? Um, 
or they'd get lost all the way at the beginning of the level and stuck on something. And then you'd realize halfway through they weren't with you anymore and you couldn't <laughs> advance until they were. And you're like, oh, my God, I got to go find where they got they stuck. so dumb. I mean, AI wasn't that good then, but mm. still, I you I think for some of the breach levels, you, like, needed them yeah. to be there. So it was really annoying. Um because they were probably I just, using that to load. I liked well. playing them with you, and mm. I feel like I wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily a shooter to me. Oh, I also love shooting the musical instruments because mm. that team man, good touch, making them make the noises. Like he shot the drums, it made a drum noise, mm-hmm. shot the piano, it was like playing the piano. Um, it's weird because I she feel just like. wanted to watch me cry as she <laughs> defaced musical instruments. Um, I feel like. I'm not that good at um, picturing levels, mm. like knowing where things are. Even when we play online stuff, I don't know when you're calling up buildings unless I've played mm. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, we play a lot um, of Ghost Recon Wildlands Ghost War right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm like, you know, the two, two buildings north of you or something. And you're right. like, hang on while I figure or out which way north is. Or you would call things and, names that I didn't really right. know what they were. Or the names of the maps even, yeah. But I feel like we played this game so much that... We were going through the same thing, yeah, and it was routine. so linear. Of I liked the, the linearness started, of it. You started feeling like a speedrunner where you knew, or like somebody yeah. playing Dark Souls, where they know where every spawn is through the whole. Right. You know, and we memorized like I'm this is the first time for me probably memorizing something like this. So I don't know other people probably memorize stuff all the time. Where I was like, okay, guys, you're gonna come out of here right. now. It'll be four, yeah, right. and then and there's I a pause, knew. and then another wave of all right, yeah. and yeah. I felt like I don't I mean I'd probably play that game by myself but I liked playing it together. Um yeah, I definitely think right now that there is a oversaturation of um, outdoor shooters that are co-op that the environments feel a little bit like they just got spat out of a terrain generator. And then the a mm-hmm. lot of the like – like, and I'm, I'm thinking of like the Far Cry games and even the Ghost, you know, Ghost Recon Breakpoint that came out recently where it feels like they built a lot of like sort of modular buildings that you can snap together and then they just like painted them throughout the whole world. So it feels a little bit like it's missing that like bespoke like we created this tight indoor area where you you like they put a lot of thought into the sight lines and all that in those rainbow six games that i feel like now i'm missing that a lot i haven't played a game in a while or when i do it's a single player game like control where i'm you you have these like cool indoor sections where you have space mm-hmm. to get behind cover and, and flank enemies and all that i feel like you have I, plans. I miss that Right, yeah, you go into a room with a plan. Yeah, you're going in there silently and you're like, all right, there's four guys there. This one guy keeps rotating around. So, you know, we're going to throw two flashbangs in and then go, you know. Oh, I remember and when we I used to use flashbangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I find a lot of these games, you're like kind of just bushwhack. You're sprinting through the woods from Monster one location Monster doors to behind you. Right. People are coming from there. And it like, feels less designed and more um I feel like we emerging. knew that we cleared that area behind us and now we're on to the next room. And I mm. loved that. Like. Yeah. We yeah. had a plan, and now you only see that in games like Control or Doom, like the Doom yeah. Eternal is coming out like next month, and th- those aren't co-op. Yeah. yeah, and we like because we had played it so much too. Like if we wanted to try something different this time, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, this time let's do something else. Yeah. I know this room. I memorize where the guys come from. Like, let's do something different. I mean, yeah. a lot of times we did the same thing, but. <laughs> But it does make you feel like you're in control of the situation in a way that you would never get in a game that's um, like so randomized. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I feel that way with Bloodborne. Like the first time I played through Bloodborne, you're going through so carefully and you're like, everything's going to kill me. And you're like trying to pick all the best stuff. And after you play it several times, you know where the enemies spawn, you know where the guys are, like what the what the layout's going to be. And then you can start taking risks. You're like, I'm going to try this weird thing I never did before. And you feel like because the the challenge that was once there isn't, you know, you know, you know what's coming. Yeah. So you can kind of play with the game a little bit more. Also, just the fact that that was split screen. Mm. I mean, that's huge. Like, yeah. you don't, if you're going to play a shooter, I mean, now it's outdated. But if you were going to play a shooter yeah. with someone and you didn't need to have, yeah. I mean, Halo is it's the other like game the other like that. Yeah, I don't think the newest Gears was like that. I think you needed to, and we don't have Xboxes, you know, Xbox Ones. But I think the newest gear you still, Gears, you still had to be on separate consoles. I don't yeah. know if it had split screen. But... But yeah, you want me to, do you want me to push us on to the next section so the podcast isn't 85 hours long? I don't know. I think we should rate these outdated games. What? There's no <laughs> way you can compare. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we can. God. For the, for the time. People are going to be quoting us on this. For, like, for the time, thing, this thing? these games were really good. Yeah, like, the two Rainbow Six games for sure. Yeah. No, I meant yeah. also Chippendale. <laughs> oh, okay. She still cares about Chippendale. I care. Part. I care. Oh. I didn't know you associated Chippendale with me and our relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like we, yeah, that was like right when we first started dating and we had no money to spend and we so like we only had a handful of games that we could play so we just played them like crazy i mean yeah. we like over and over again played through the campaigns of those and like perfect dark and like other you know whatever we had access to i associate rainbow six with our relationship yeah. more than chip and Dale, sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it doesn't uh it, it's you know it's just a i think because chip and Dale, time capsule you had already played it Right. And Rainbow Six, we went through together mm. as a couple. It didn't feel like yeah. I was being Yeah, I think the first time I played two was with you, you. literally. Yeah. The first one I had definitely played on my own at some point, but yeah, yeah. through. And we were excited when the second one came out yeah. of Rainbow Six. Yeah, it had to be right around then, maybe 2009 for the second one, something like that. We'll fact check you later. All right, yeah, see how good my memory <laughs> is. I'm getting old. Because, yeah, we would have been like, um, what, 1920 around then. So it's been a hot minute. So in the interest of not having this podcast be 600 hours long, I'm going to push us on to the third segment. Um, this is going to be a rotating segment from month to month. Um, sometimes we're going to talk about, you know, up and coming stuff that isn't yet, out yet. But this week, Lauren wanted to talk about a non-video game just to show that, like, we don't spend our entire lives in front of screens, even though we pretty much do. So, Lauren, what did you want to, uh, what did you want to share with everybody? So I'm going to force Matt to talk about board games. <laughs> Matt actually doesn't like board games that much, but this is one of your favorites, yeah, right? Yeah, because it isn't really – I feel like there needs to be another name for these kind of games because, like, I would group this in with other card-based games that have a very simple setup and the whole game happens inside your head. We're talking like, about code names, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so it's like it, – it's a cerebral game that happens inside your head. So go ahead and explain the concept. Yeah, so code names is – um, two teams. So you break up into two teams. Um, you have basically all these cards laid out, and there's two people. I don't know what they're actually called in the game. Codemaster. We, I think. we call them Cobra Commander. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's two people that see this card, and all the other cards have words on them that but are the laid card on that the they table. See is like a key. Yeah, they see a key card that has a representation of the grid, um, and then there's a blue team and a red team, and the you have to basically get your team to pick all of your cards. Um, 
And there's also a bunch of white cards that are just free spaces type thing. And then there's one card that is the assassin black card that if any team guesses that one, um, you're the whole game just ends. And if you're not like in the middle of driving right now, you know what? If you are in the middle of driving right now, also <laughs> just pull over and take out your phone and start Googling. Cause if you watch like a five second video of people playing this, it'll make so much more sense. Cause like yeah. the, the cards that they're, that the team is looking at are laid out in a grid and the key is like a uh, correlates to the grid for each slot. It's like a bingo yeah, slot type thing, except right. there's cards there. So the Cobra commander knows where the assassin is, knows where their teammates cards are that their teammates need to pick, but the teammates have no idea. The cards will look the same to them other than having single right. words on them you know so, butter and you know yeah it's eyeball. just like nouns and yeah that. random yeah. nouns yeah, yeah. And very uh, random all over the place could be verbs i don't know anyway um this is a great like party game type thing because the only people who really have to know the, the details are the and and know most of the details is the two Cobra Commander guys. Everyone else can be like first timers and just, just jump get in the concept for a yeah. round and you know yeah. just be part of a team. So um I don't know, you wanna explain the, the you card want to explain thing? the idea? Yeah. 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 So like the the with all those cards laid out on the table, they all have random nouns, you know, butter, uh you baguette, uh kitchen table and and like so whatever they might be and the cobra commander is looking at them trying to get a person to uh on their team to pick the card that correlates to their team so for example if i'm looking at the the set of cards out there and i want um you know my team to select uh you know eyeball and tongue um but not select um i don't know foot. yeah sure foot <laughs> i might say face Two instead of saying body part because you get to say uh, you get to say a single word and then a number and the number is supposed to indicate how many cards apply to the clue and if I said body part two they might pay, pick you know foot and eyeball and foot would be wrong but if I say face two then they're maybe more likely to pick eyeball and tongue and not pick foot um, so you're basically trying to get your team to like. Um, Pick the card that the cards that are points for your team, and avoid picking the cards that are for the other team or are assassin. You know th- that are like an automatic fail, um, and it's like a very strategic thing. You're trying to put a lot of thought into it, and the person who is the uh, the the code master giving the clues, that's all they can ever say. So it's it is a very honor system kind of game. Like they can't they can't give any additional clues at all. There's no faces. facial expressions. Yeah, we hide our a, faces in like our jackets. Yeah, sometimes like this is whoever's doing that role. That's that's the person who can have a good poker face and not be a cheater. Like you gotta yeah. the game doesn't work if they're like oh this is a bit of stretch, but face too. Like you can't yeah. do that. It's got to be the word you know. And if you have something you want to do that role and they're really bad at it you could have them write it down on a piece of paper and pass it instead this way they literally are not allowed to say or do anything that's all they can do because the idea is like almost like chinese room where that's the only information they get they get face two and now the team is like okay you think you think he meant eyeball the eyeball's not really in your face it's kind of like in your head i don't know if he meant i don't know if he meant eyeball he might have meant something else and then you get into this tricky thing where the words on the board can be interpreted multiple ways like some of them are homonyms you know somebody might look at face you know you they hear face too and they're thinking like uh cards in a playing card deck and they're like well queen queen's a face card so he probably meant queen and you're like shit i didn't even think of queen as part of face like like so somebody might interpret it a different way and that's the puzzle that's the game you know so you're gonna how to get them to pick the cards you want them to pick and not pick the wrong ones i have to say that Anyone we've really, like, who's been into games and been into some strategy type thing, and even people who really haven't that I wouldn't expect, um, 
have have really liked this game. Yeah, uh, it's it's, it's really easy to jump into, and you don't need like everyone to commit. You know, right? Like somebody could just walk over and they're like, "The clue you said was phase two, and now they're giving their two cents on it, and yeah. then they could just walk away. It doesn't really doesn't really matter. I do have to say that I don't even know if you knew this. This game comes with the timer. Like, oh yeah, we definitely don't use it. <laughs> we don't use the timer. I feel like it would be so stressful. Mm. And also, I feel like part of what I enjoy about this game is the strategy of trying to get as many cards as you can. Without biting off more than you can chew, right? Yeah. If you throw out, you know, face four, because some of those are a little bit of a stretch, people will get real creative on what they yeah. think is related to face, and then it ruins. I know, feel like cool. if you had a timer, it would be, everything would be once. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we have some kind of realistic right, timer. Yeah. I feel like everyone just feels bad if they're taking too right. long. Um and but, I can see that being a house rules thing too, where like we might play that with a group of people who five minutes to decide is too is way too long, you know. Right. And and I regularly, when I'm codemaster, take way more than five minutes. Like right. I will sometimes get in my own head, and I'm just like, I'm this, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> but you can't say that out loud because then they know that the clue you are about to give them is something that you had a hard time coming up with. So yeah, it's very it's very poker face. And there are different versions of the game. Um, there's like a dirty version. Which is much harder to play because everything's very similar, yeah. and you end up taking anything that's remotely. She said she was going to keep the podcast like PG PG thirteen, so I guess she won't give examples. <laughs> but it, but it's really dirty. Like the dirty version's real dirty. Yeah, like, yeah. but some of them are like innuendos, right? So some of them aren't. Though. You <laughs> end up using different word, different meanings of the innuendos right, there because, because it's much easier. Separate them, right? Like. If you have butt and ass and, you know, the assassin card could be like. Poop. Yeah. And like, you have to be really careful that they don't pick poop, but they right. pick butt and ass. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, so it's or, or if you have butt and poop, like, and you don't want them to say ass, it's very, very wow. difficult. So um, then there's like different fandom ones I've seen. Like they have a Disney version. They have a Marvel's version. They're coming up with all different versions of this. Um, they even have a pictures version, which is okay, but I like the word one the best. And it's yeah. funny because even if we have all of these different versions, like most of the time when people come over, we, we end up playing the original. And, and it has a completely endless replay value. It's not like you used up right. the cards like you would in a trivia game. It's not really a thing. Like it's whatever's out on the board, that game is what you're working with. So, right. so some really people matter. are very particular about the grid being exactly. Well, because if you're looking <laughs> at the, the key card and then aligning it to the grid, it does help if it's yeah. very precise. Like if you're at an angle or something, it can you could easily flub and think that like the third row, fourth column is your team's when it's really like the next one over, yeah. and then you just totally guided your team. They have to, to the be wrong in card. straight lines, yeah. um, so you see which of your friends are very particular about <laughs> stuff like that when you play. Um, also, if you don't have enough people, um, so sometimes we want to play it or I want to play it, and I force Matt to play. Um, they do have a co-op version, which it has a story. You're like going around to different places in the world and some of the places are they have different they, like challenges right? yeah. yeah it's pretty um, clever actually it's very well designed yeah so you are looking at each other and the card has a front and back that works together um to get the different 
different yeah, ways that, to go. That, that's really tough to explain the way that that works, but it's really clever the way it's done. Yeah. So if you if you have heard of Codenames and you really liked it and you didn't know that there was a two-player version, definitely And you don't have enough out. people every yeah. time and you want to play? It's, it is as good as the other game and you can play it with just two people. Like it's really mm-hmm. very well designed. It's clever as hell the way they thought of that. Yeah. And there's some, sometimes when we play, like if you, it, it's interesting if you know some of the people really well and you are doing like inside jokes type right. stuff. Or it, ultra specific clues, but you know yeah. they'll get it, you know? Cause but sometimes it hurts your team because mm. there's other people on your team who are we'll talk arguing. Them out of it. Yeah. Right. They're like, there's no way that that's what they meant by that thing. Yeah. And, right. And the yeah. less people you have playing, actually, there's mm-hmm. less talking too sometimes. So you don't know what they're thinking. Like we've played where mm-hmm. if it's um, a two player team, so there's only one person they're guessing. Um, also, we have a touch rule. You have to touch the card in order to pick it. There's no like, right. I think it's this. Like you and have to be final commit. Yeah. But if you're playing on a team where it's you and somebody else and they're not talking out loud, it's much harder to understand like what they're thinking in their mind. So we kind of make the people talk out loud. Then they pick random like queen when you said face. You're like, what am I missing What was their here? logic right. behind it? Yeah. How did they not pick eyeball? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely like a good, I think, icebreaker. Like if you yeah. have a group of friends that come over all the time or like there's some new people in there and you yeah. want to ease them into right to like being used to you know because we're all introverts so you'll you need strats yeah. for that stuff you can't just like have a new person come into a group of friends and then you're, yeah, they're just no chit chat <laughs> yeah so a game like that is good for like getting them to like man that was a great idea i would not have thought that they meant that yeah. you know? and you really don't have to explain the rules yeah. like yeah, they, yeah, if you sit there, you like, this sounds so much more complicated, but if you're sitting there next to people playing, you're good within five seconds. You're yeah. like, oh, I get it. As long as you're not the, the Yeah, the, the code master, right? Even that yeah. is not that hard to do. You just have After to- After you see it done right, once, You just have round. to not say other things. And there are some people that just cannot do that. Like, it's yeah. just not an option for them um, because they automatically will say things that, you know, it ruins the whole game if you do that. They got to yeah. be sneaky. Then they're not allowed to be code master it's ever again. Ban for life. <laughs> The band hammer. We take our code names very seriously. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else on code names that you wanted to add, or did you? No, uh-huh. I just think it's a great icebreaker. And next time you see your friends, uh, make them play. Yeah. Make them play. I mean, they have to. People come come over our house though, and they're like, "Where's the code names? Get it out!" Like, yeah, like that's the the go to. That and like Jackbox is one of the code. We'll talk about sure. that another time. Yeah, we'll save Jackbox. Yeah. It's fine. Even though probably everybody listening to this has heard of it, but yeah. And that concludes the third segment of the show, Um, and we'll rotate that section out every single month. Um, But before we uh, wrap up the show for today, Lauren wants to share some information on we may may be launching a website. What's the game plan? Um, So we realized that there's not that many uh, gaming together website type things out there. So we kind of want to compile some kind of database so that people can go and get some information on games that we've played um, and organize it by the style of the game you want, the genre, um, whether or not, you know, what what console or you platform you need. Yeah. yeah. So all the information will be there and you could basically filter by, um, you know, I only have a PlayStation. I only have a switch, something like that, where are the games I want, and then have it organized by I only like uh, action-adventure games. Or... So where can they find that? So right now it's on something called Trello. Non-conventional website. Um, oh. But it's the easiest way for us Actually, to organize no. this. So uh, Trello is basically a organizational tool 
Um, but we thought it would be really useful for this, so we made a public Trello for everyone to use. Um, these games that we talked about on here um, will be up there, hopefully some more. And if you have any requests. Yeah, or if um, they have questions on stuff too, because we, we do play a ton of co-op games. So if you guys have questions on things, we, we get questions on everything. You know, the, somebody's throwing a Mario Kart party with four yeah. switches and they're like, which controllers can we use for this? Like weird stuff like that. Just like, you know. It's not always it obvious. There. Yeah. So like, you know, if you know you have questions on stuff like that, we, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll do our best we can to give respond. you our ideal I'll, setups yeah, for things. I'll make more response to them. Yeah. So um, the Trello will be up soon. And uh, for now, follow, like us, uh, whatever else you do, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, we'll be available on here. I don't know. You follow on a podcast? I guess you Yeah, do. you can follow. Yeah, I'm yeah. planning on putting this straight through Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that. So, yeah. So, you know, like it on there or whatever you do to, you know, get notified. We're going to try to post one of these every single month. I will see how reliable we are with getting them up. But, you know, if you're following us on social media, Lauren will probably tweet out when we, uh, when we post another one or something like that. And let us know your thoughts. And while you're waiting for our next podcast, go game together. <laughs> <laughs>